of Elvis Lives, a Conspiracy Theory Podcast. It's me, KB. We're recording in a little bit of a different style today, so I don't have any music to go off. So I was practicing it in the background and, and Julie laughed at me. It was quite funny to watch. <laughs> it, like, it was very funny to watch. <laughs> I gave myself my own intro. Um, yeah, we got a, we got a two-parter. I'm excited. It's yeah. been a long time since we've had a two-parter. It's it's going to be a big one. Um, there's a lot of information. So if you know that I miss something, let us know. And I will do a part three of all the things that I missed. It's like KB's car parked question. car parked question. But today we are talking about the Bermuda Triangle, the biggest conspiracy theory, I think, of them all, and one that everybody buys into. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, yeah. I believe in the Bermuda Triangle. I believe it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a ride at SeaWorld. They took that out. It's but, not even um, a ride at SeaWorld. It's not even a ride at SeaWorld. <laughs> it, um, it's probably the first conspiracy theory. It is the first conspiracy theory I ever heard and didn't even hear it as a conspiracy theory. It was just told to me as fact. Yeah. You yeah, know? true. Um, so I find that incredibly intriguing it's so intriguing um but it has 3.7 stars on google <laughs> the bermuda triangle i mean some people love it. it has 3.7 stars two people have uh have given it a four and a three star rating i guess i mean everyone that really hates it's probably dead it's true <laughs> um it's also referred to as the devil's triangle which i hadn't heard of before and maybe Ooh. that's where coriander comes from uh, hands down it's where coriander baby comes corn. from you don't like baby corn i like baby corn a friend of mine calls baby corn like the devil's corn my mother calls um, beetroot the devil's food because it just stains everything and oh. it doesn't taste good i mean i'm I think beetroot tastes fine as long as it's been sweetened. Mm. I really don't have any issue of it staining anything. <laughs> Maybe mum's just like, she picks up a piece of beetroot and she's like, oh no, slaps it on her arm. It's I think staining. It's like you open the tin and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just from the get go. It's just exploding. Um, it covers, not the beetroot, the Bermuda Triangle, covers, <laughs> covers about 500,000 square miles of ocean off the southeastern tip of Florida. Sounds like a lot. Mm, it's quite 500 square miles sounds like a lot of miles. 500,000 square oh, miles. Oh, my bad. Wow, it's even bigger than I Yeah. The vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle is um, one, amongst the most heavily travelled shipping lanes in the world. I didn't realize they were called shipping lanes. I think that's so funny. Now, I, like, as soon as I read it, I had um, this image in my head of ships in like a, a shopping, like a grocery shop line. Yeah, yeah. You know, of like, are you an express lane or are you a twelve items or less lane for the ships? Are you self checkout? Are you a self checkout? Are you one point five minutes away from each other? <laughs> I hope so. They're ships. <laughs> um, but it's used frequently for um, crossing through ports in America, Europe, and the Caribbean islands or the caribbean um cruise ships and pleasure crafts or aircraft planes that we go on to go on holiday but i've never heard them called as pleasure crafts would never be like oh i'm gonna go to london it's just a 22 hour ride on a pleasure craft oh man i'm running late i've got five minutes before my pleasure craft boards Julie just made a face. That never happens for me. That's I never make Julie scream or squirm. <laughs> Pleasure Craft has done it. 
<laughs> they frequently sail or fly through the um the region. So that's yeah. a lot of of. There's still flight paths through there. Still flight paths. Still ship lanes. Shipping lanes. Um. When Christopher Columbus himself sailed through the area, his first voyage to the New World, um, he reported that a great flame of fire, which was probably a meteor, crashed into the sea one night and that a strange light appeared in the distance a few weeks later. Um, He also wrote about erratic compass readings, um, perhaps because at the time a sliver of the Bermuda Triangle was one of the few places on Earth where true north and magnetic north lined up. Uh Uh-huh. That would would play with the compass. He's also not the only one to write about erratic compass readings in that area. It's very true. Um, William Shakespeare's play, The Temptest, um which they believe was based on a real-life Bermuda shipwreck, um, also kind of got people talking about this mystery. But unexplained or mysterious disappearances didn't really start getting um, reported or capture like the general public's attention until the 20th century, um, which I think is nuts because like, once we hit the 20th century, like a lot more ships were going out before True, then than yeah. they do now. Um, the term Bermuda Triangle was coined in 1964 by writer Vincent Gaddis, um, in a magazine called Argosy, 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 um, though Gaddis first came up with the phrase, a much more famous name propelled it into international popularity a decade later. Have you heard of Charles Burlitz? I feel like I have, but not for any good reason. Um, his family created the popular series of language instruction courses and also had a strong interest in the paranormal. Do you know that um, what his novel was called? No. How to Talks Real Good. How to Talks Real Good. Yeah. Oh. That's a total lie, guys. No, it's not. It's it funny. Yeah. Um, he believed not only that Atlantis was real, but also that it was connected to the triangle in some way. That would be cool. A theory he proposed in his best-selling 1974 book, How to Talk's Real Good, <laughs> a.k.a. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> How to Talk's Real Good in the Bermudes. <laughs> um. We have heard about this mystery since then in many a form. Books, movies, television shows, magazines, conspiracy theory podcasts, (laughs) conspiracy theory YouTube channels, websites. It's the whole shabam. There are many, 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 many articles. Oh, she's got many a tab open. So many tabs are open. Two, four, six, eight, at least ten tabs. And that's only like three off the first page of each Google search. Goodness. There is just like you, I Googled Bermuda Triangle conspiracy theories and there's more than like 10 pages. <laughs> oh, of, that's a long Google. 726,000 results on the Bermuda Triangle. My. It is crazy. But my I'm. St- oh, my stars. <laughs> it's got Julie like hyperventilating. She's making faces it's about pleasure crafts. It's mostly craft. the pleasure craft. I mean, does a pleasure craft make Although like I feel like a, a pleasure, pleasure craft, craft is probably more like. Private a, jet? No, like a cruise ship. 
as opposed to a plane like a commercial it's called because they're commercial planes or private jets but a pleasure craft is probably more a cruise I'm google pleasure craft yeah while we continue um if you guys know let us know i'm just i'm just making it up as I go along. Um, Chatting all things pleasure. <laughs> there are quite a number of disappearances that have happened to the area. Over 75 across however many years. The 20th century has been about 100. Well, um, this past four months has been about 100 years. Yes, I feel like this day has felt like 100 years <laughs> in itself. Um, we will start with the story. That's not the story. I didn't scroll back up. A pleasure craft. Is it? Oh, no. It's like a, a private a jet. Like a yacht. A, a private a, jet. I was about to say private, private jet boat. Jet. <laughs> a private jet boat. It's a yacht. You can tell that I do not um, I do not partake in the pleasure craft industry. I do not take Very in the ocean often. sailing industry. <laughs> the ocean sailing industry. No. Um, so let's start with just a few of the stories that have happened around the Bermuda Triangle. Let's and it starts start at the very tippity top of the triangle. Oh, t- oh, I just hit the table. <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> um, it starts in 1981. Mm-hmm. Legend has it that Ellen Austin... 1981. Sh- ni- 1881. I can't read today. I was like, wow. It starts... Very recently. 39 years ago. <laughs> In 1881, legend has it that Ellen Austin, a ship sailing from Liverpool to New York, encountered a ghost ship in the Bermuda Triangle, and things quickly went awry. So there's a picture um, of a foggy ship at sea. Yep, which is a shutterstock. Yep, it's not not from 1881, but they're trying to believe it. Um, when the Ellen Austin approached the foggy waters of Sargasso Sea, Sargasso Sea, an area of the Atlantic Ocean that overlaps with the Bermuda Triangle, the crew encountered a fully stocked, abandoned ship. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. When does that ever happen? I don't know, but some free rum and KFC. Good so, that, well, that's what they thought. They were like, <laughs> "Yes, let's go and like grab some stuff." So they sent some men in to occupy the ship and sail the remaining journey side by side. So then they could be. Buddy ship. Double ship. Yeah. Double the ship, double the fun. <laughs> but a storm quickly separated the two ships. Oh, and mean. when they were reunited the next day, there wasn't a trace of the crew inside. No. So the ships came together, but nobody was on board. So one of the crews was missing. Yes. I mean, again, as much as it's sad to see your friends go, you've now got like... Two ships. Triple the amount of supplies. (laughs) Um, The ship was once more abandoned um, and they left all the resources on board. They were like not having a bar of it. Um, But the captain tried boarding it again. So the captain of the Ellen Austin tried to jump back on. Sounds like me. Guys, there is rum. (laughs) More stuff. (laughs) When the group jumped on board for the second time, a thick and blinding fog rolled in and separated the ships. When it finally cleared, the ghost ship had completely vanished. <laughs> I was so on board. I was nodding. I was happy. She was ready. She was like, more people, but full ship coming back in. And no, the whole thing. God. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's jump forward uh-huh. about 15 years uh-huh. 
1895. I'm jumped. Yeah, you've jumped. You're there. Yeah. So 1881, 1895. Joshua Slocum. The Slocum. Slocum. That's a Slocum. Slocum. Mm. Okay. The first man to sail solo around the world vanished on a voyage from Martha's Vineyard to South America. Oh, there's a little picture here of his like little poster about where he was gonna go. Price two dollars. Amazing. Um, Slocum should have never been lost at sea. Well, no one should be lost. No, at sea. but this is the same thing that we were kind of covered in our mini episode about the Australian Bermuda yeah. Triangle of the people that did go missing were all known as very good sailors. So they would, they shouldn't. They I mean, shouldn't anyone who's missing. been sailing before. Is a better sailor than I am. <laughs> this is true. So, like, how are we but scaling you, up to good? You haven't disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. So yet, maybe I so. am a very good sailor. <laughs> so, the only reason they could think of for his disappearance was, you know it, the Bermuda Triangle. He bemoodsed. He bemoodsed when hashtag bemoodsing. <laughs> We're not making that happen. It's not trending. Again, jump forward another 20-so years I later. Did. I jumped. 1918. Uh-huh. The U.S. Navy's largest and fastest fuel ship, the USS Cyclops, disappeared en route from the Caribbean to Baltimore with 309 crew members and didn't leave a single trace. Maybe that's because it only had one eye. Maybe, Cyclops and so. You're on fire with the jokes today, Julie. Bam, bam. I've had a coffee. Oh, I see now. Now, this is the ship, Jules. It's, like, it's pretty decent size. I mean, yeah. It's pretty big. Like, it would be hard to miss it. It kind of does look like a football field on a ship. Maybe that's what it was for. Like a very big batting cage. (laughs) Um, It was all decked out. Wait, is that a normal ship beside it? It's probably like a little rescue boat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it might be a tug. A little tuggy. Yeah. Um, though it was so like super decked out with all the stuff it needed in case anything went wrong, the ship gave no warning before it disappeared. Um, it yeah, it just disappeared without a trace. So good. There are lots of theories for this one. The theories include mutiny, storms, poison, torpedoes, but nothing really added up if when they started looking at it. Um, there's no wreck, there's no debris, there's no people. There's no nothing. There's, there's no, no ship. There was no distress call. There's so nothing. I think they didn't have the fuel to travel too far. They knew where it was supposed to go. It, they knew where it could get to and it, they just could not find a single thing about it. Okay. So what did people start thinking then? Not just the Bermuda Triangle for this one, actually, but also the giant squid. Ooh, I do love yeah. me some Kraken. Yeah, you know. Just like in there. Hi. Hi. Just hanging out, the Kraken hanging out in the Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to give you a warm hug. <laughs> and never let you go. <laughs> super, super. This will be the last one um, for this episode, I think. And then we'll jump into like something a bit closer to this time there and like Still disappearances right up until this year, 2020. Bugger off. Yeah, not even joking. Wow. Not even joking. So in 1941, a Navy ship called the USS Proteus. Or Proteus? Proteus. Proteus. Like the flower. Oh, nice. Maybe. 
was carrying 58 passengers and a cargo of ore from St. Thomas to the East Coast. When Iron ore? I oh assume? my goodness. I assume I was like, did I miss a whole word? No, um, I assume it's iron ore. It could what be, or there was another a mag manganese. Mag- manganese. Yeah, so yes, like iron ore. Yeah. Um to the east coast when it suddenly vanished in the Bermuda Triangle. One month later, its sister ship, the USS Nurus or Nurius? Nurus. Disappeared with sixty one people along the same route or route. I don't know where we're taking this route. I don't, like Maybe. why? Why do we? I know you, it's kind of unavoidable, I guess. But like, is there a way around? Like when you look at the map, there it is only, um, it is only water <laughs> around that area. Like yeah, in order to go true. around the island, it's a big round. It's a big. Like, you have to like really. What you'd have to go up, and then come back all the way it's down very, around yeah. Puerto Rico. It's like. It's a lot. Yeah, and you can't even really do a sneaky, sneaky under the triangle either. And you can't really, yeah, you can't Sorry, really get into that. Florida, like, no. without going through it. There's no option. Good luck. Yeah. So if anything has to come into the Florida port, it kind of really looks like it has to go through the Bermuda Triangle. Second. Which is a little bit freaky. But yeah, you're right. Why keep going through? Why keep going? Oh, no, I'll give you one more before we finish. One more, 1945. Not yes. that much lo- later. The legend of the Bermuda Triangle began to take hold even more when five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers took off from a naval base in Fort Lauderdale and vanished in the Atlantic Ocean before completing their mission. So these are like actual air pleasure crafts. <laughs> I want to. Or wanna, business crafts. That's a business craft. I don't want to put pleasure in them because they're they're bombing planes. Like so, it's a business craft. Yeah, it's a it's like, a it's a big high tech business craft. Yeah, they're not doing any good business. No. Business crafts. No, no, no. So they were scheduled to complete a three hour exercise, which entailed heading east to conduct bombing runs and fly over the Grand um, Bahama Island. Why did I look at that word and be like, I don't, I don't know, know why. Don't know why and eventually pivoting southwest to return home. But along the way, the flight's leader, Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, became paranoid when his compass failed, another compass fail, and he believed that the planes were moving in the wrong direction. He instructed his fleet to fly northeast, thinking he was heading towards Florida, but really just traveled deeper into the Atlantic. As the planes reached closer toward the Bermuda Triangle, their signals began again fading eventually all communication was cut and the planes were never seen again the weird part is the wreckage like we're not finding we're not finding any wreckage it's just a really really deep part of the sea so like as soon as something drops in it it's just like sucked into a vortex well look the last thing recorded in the communications by those passengers of those flights um was one pilot saying everything looks strange even the ocean. So you need people to be far more specific when they're drowning in the. Right. Like, is it too much to ask? Um, he went on to say, "It looks like we are entering white water. We're completely lost." Um, the disappearance was baffling to the navy, and they reported it as if they had flown to Mars. Just no, like it's crazy. they could not. There's no trace, and I think Actually, that's the thing, is that every single story ends the same way, you know. Yeah. 
again, no wreckage, no nothing, no trace of anyone. No trace of anything. And we know that. We disappeared. The ocean is huge. We know that. Yeah. But if there was, a, if they, particularly with modern day technology, you would think they would be able to track something. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. It is weird. It's super weird. There is lots. Guys, I will link all of the articles that we're reading. These are, I will say now that these are not my own notes um, because there is so much on the internet with the Bermuda Triangle. When you have like a billion stories to write down again. Yeah, I just like, yeah. Um, so we'll link all the articles in the show notes and you can check some of them out for yourself. You might even get ahead of part two's episode next week. But don't like leave yourself a little surprising. Yeah, you so whatever who knows uh you know where to find us you found us you found us you're listening to us you're playing us thank you so much but did you know that if this episode once a week isn't enough if it's not hitting that spot yeah if you just need a little something extra if you just need more pleasure craft in your week then you can check us out on our elvis lives instagram lives every wednesday at 7 p.m where we bring you two mini theories. Mm-hmm. Both Julie and I bring a theory every week to the Instagram fam. And it's been pretty fun so far. It has been fun. Yeah. Usually I just try and traumatize you. Apparently that's a Wednesday goal now. Apparently it is. And not just a Wednesday goal, but also whenever this well, episode gets aired. Um, it's lots yeah. of... I, th- I think I've just run out of softer conspiracy. <laughs> Um, we will probably we will, we will probably turn our older Instagram lives into large episodes just because yeah, they're fun to discuss we and we can. And, and honestly, we've done the homework already. It's true. Um, but other than that, you can check us out on Facebook at Elvis Lives Podcast, on Insta at Elvis Lives Podcast, or you can send us an email at elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on whatever your podcatcher of choice is, except for Spotify, which won't let you so just keep us on repeat yeah yeah that's how you do that's how we do (laughs) um i don't have any music to play underneath me yet and julie's gonna edit in that later yeah so i'm just gonna sing it in my head (laughs) (laughs) the world is a mess war famine Politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights, and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons, or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical, subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast.